Hello, property nomads. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a fantastic Christmas. Back with Mark Champ of War Financial, and we're going to go through our 2023 predictions. And as you're going to find out, we're a little bit hit and miss with them. Uh, but just as a reminder, uh, what were the predictions? So for Mark, we had uh, five different things here. We had a uh, bridging finance to dissipate. Uh, that was number one. Number two is less bridging companies in existence. Uh, number th uh, uh, number three was a four to five percent Bank of England rate. Number four was inflation to come back down from ten percent, and number five was house prices to remain stable. And for myself, uh, I said that there would be ten percent inflation throughout two thousand twenty three. There will be a housing correction of some sort, uh, at least a 10% decrease in house prices. Bank of England to raise rates to 5%. Stock and bond sell-offs and more regular interesting commodities. And finally, people will wake up and realise that nuclear is the way forward. So you could just tell from me reading them out, they're a little bit hit and miss. Uh, but here to uh, go through all of that, uh, Mark Champ, Wolf Financial. Mark, how's your Christmas? Very good, thanks. Excellent, excellent time. Thank you. Well, let, let's start with your predictions, Ed. Um, so we said, or you said, I should say, that for the year of 2023, um, bridging finance to dissipate. Uh, you are in that game uh, a lot more than I am. So would you say that, that has happened or it has not happened? I would say there's been a couple of drop-offs. I think a, a few have, uh, have not continued. Um it's not been quite as dramatic as I thought it would be. I thought there would be a lot of them that would struggle because there were so many in the market. What I have noticed is back in 2022, every week there was a new bridging lender uh, in, you know, brought into existence. 2023, there's been hardly any new ones. They've been It's been a lot more stable. There's uh, less people entering the market. And we have seen some of them pull back so not lend as much especially um also increase their rates so that uh they they remain profitable and the private bridging market become a little bit more um uh, popular I, I suppose so where people would traditionally go to normal bridging lenders they're looking to, for investors more than than they were because uh, bridging has just become maybe too expensive in some circumstances. So it hasn't dissipated, but it hasn't grown, and it's maybe diluted slightly, I would say. But I do think, I, I don't want to do predictions now for 2024, but I do think it is going to happen. And also, another thing to mention, some of the brokerages are struggling, The um, especially the larger ones where they've got a lot of salaried people, there's office space with no bums on seats now. And, uh, yeah, we, we know of one of the large ones that's no longer with us. Um, so, he, and it is, it is tougher. It is tougher for brokers and bridges. I have a feeling that might be on your uh, prediction for 2024. What we'll do, I just thought of doing a little point system so we can see who wins. Uh, so is it fair to say, let's put for... Bridging funding to dissipate. Let's put, let's put half a point. I half a mark. That's fair. That's that fair. sounds Generous. right. I know. Yeah, you're welcome. You are the guest after all. Uh, number two was uh, less bridging companies in existence. I think you've just sort of caught on to that uh, as well, where it 
I don't want to say that sounds like it's hit and miss. Could be half a point there, but what are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I you know less in existence. There's there there are probably fewer um, because some have gone and not we're not getting as many come into the market. So uh, yeah, I'd say again half a mark. It wasn't the the drop off that I would have thought it um, would have been, but it's it's a lot harder for the bridges. It's a lot harder for them to. Um, make profit you know if you if you think that they have to buy their money in mainly from you know whoever funds them shawbrook jp morgan natwest whoever may fund the bridges and then they've got to make a profit by shifting that cost to to the the borrower so if they make say three four percent on any transaction maybe we say then they've got to pay their staff They've got to pay their office costs, and with all the everything going up, it's it's tough. And um, some of the bigger lenders are looking for better staff, and they're taking the the best ones out of the bridging lenders. So um, there's it's, it's hard for the bridges out there at the moment. I would say. Yeah, per- perfectly understandable for the reasons you've just highlighted. I'll put down half a point for that. Uh, then the next one, uh, we we we've both hit the nail on the head here. So. Yeah, you said that there would be a bank rate uh, between 4 to 5%, roughly. I said it would be at least 5%. So, you know, 5.25%. I think we both batted that one straight out of the park, uh, to be honest. Uh, but do you, know, do you know what? On that, something to say on that yeah. is we also predicted around 5% back when COVID started. Because I remember mm. us mm. talking and that that figure was was almost laughed at that it could get up to five percent but I, I remember talking at the time saying it will get up there because it everybody everything needs to be repaid and that's exactly what's happened so it's um i think some people were just a little bit naive to the fact that if you borrow money you have to repay it in the end yeah and that's good that's a good point i think we should uh, blow our own trumpets a little bit because do remember having those conversations uh, and ultimately i think there's um, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Uh, I, that, let's not go down because that path, because that could be a whole 52 weeks worth of episodes if I get going. But I think there's a whole lot that goes on behind the scenes that we, we're just never going to know or realise. But yeah, I do remember talking to, with you about that. Uh, we both said the same thing. So high, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, but no, good point well made. Uh, unfortunately, no bonus points going, but good point well made nonetheless. Fourth prediction, and we we differed on this. Uh, so you said inflation to come back down from ten percent. Uh, I said it would be ten percent throughout two thousand twenty three. Now, whether you want to believe the CPI figures or not, it's completely up to you because it doesn't always take into account everything it needs to. But if we're going by official CPI figures, it says four point seven percent. So you're spot on there. I have to say, my my prediction isn't right but we're basing this on cpi i'm sure if we take in everything else i might be right and you might not be but let's let's agree to disagree but i think that was spot on there are uh, you uh, 4.7 percent uh, and then the other one um that we differed on uh was house prices i said there would be some form of correction uh, at least a 10 percent decrease in house prices and you said that house prices would remain relatively stable. And uh, looking at the recent house price index, um, it says here that 
whilst my computer messes up in the background, ignore that. Um, it says here that uh, apparently house prices have decreased by about 0.1%. So I would say that, Mark, I think you're spot on with that as well in comparison to myself. Yeah, I, you know, I, I always think when when there's bad news or good news, the press over-exaggerate everything. They they try and make, sensationalise it and they try and make a story out of it. If the, the, the world and its economy isn't as up and down as people make out. And, you know, even in politics, if we went to a, a Labour government or a whatever other government, our lives wouldn't change that much. It, it, it's it's all media hype. So when we're, you know, there was big news articles during the year, oh, you know, it's going to drop by whatever it's going to drop by. I always take things with a little bit of a pinch of salt and just think, well, actually, is it going to be disastrous? Is is if, if inflation's going up so much, how can house prices go down so much? They, you know, the the wages were increasing as well, so people have got more wage to meet the stress test of mortgages. And I know the rates have gone up, but they have got more wage, and people weren't badly off. Well. Some people were badly off, but a lot of the people who were buying houses weren't badly off when before this, and they're not as badly off as the press make out. No, 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 they're not. I mean, what I would say, what I would say on that, just to sidetrack ourselves slightly, is that we've now, and again, this is something that we might see in a couple of years' time. That we've almost got ourselves into another trap where we have had and continue to have things like rail strikes, etc., etc., etc. And they're chasing, you know, I don't know, anywhere between 5, 10, 15%, whatever it is, you know, increase. And we've seen a couple of those um, issues settled this year. But the challenge now you've got is you've given all of your employees or whatever a, a quite substantial, in some cases, increase. But then if inflation and everything does start to come down, which I'm dubious about, but let's just say it does, then you've got this trap where your overheads have just increased by X percent. What have you got to do? Chances are you've got to pass it on to the customer and then, and then you're off to the races again. So it, it's almost the funny thing with, well, unions, don't get me started. But the funny thing about that is if, if government and unions just come together in the first place, thrash it out like that, you put it under the carpet, and, and then leave it down the line where everything's dragged out for so long. And that's probably down to both parties. I think we're going to be in this trap where you've got a lot of people that have had wage increases. Fair enough. Great. Fine. But then with inflation going down from a business point of view, yeah, your overheads have just gone up. Uh, and if you're running a tight ship, you're probably going to end up passing it on to the consumer. So damned if you do, damned if you don't, it's probably the best way to. Yeah. There's always, it's a balancing act and it's yeah. very difficult to, to balance the books, whatever business, economy, whatever you, you're trying to do. So it's just, um, you, you know, you make your choices and you do the best for the for the, the masses and the greater good. Um, but, yeah, let's let's see what the next general election brings. Uh, yeah, uh, I think, as I said to someone on the podcast recently, anything but a, a Labour majority is something's gone wrong. But uh, and I don't want that. I just want to point out I don't actually want that. But I do think that for a variety of reasons, that will probably be the case. Uh, that being said, I've got quite a funky prediction for you for next year, but we'll we'll do that in uh, oh, our next predictions that. episode. 
Um, so yeah, Mark, just to recap, uh, the only other one that I've I've put down, uh, two things that I put down were stock and bond sell-offs uh, and more regular interest in commodities. Now, of course, we Santa Claus rally and all that sort of stuff. So I, I definitely can't take credit for stock markets because they are so far in the opposite direction. It's untenable. And um, bond sell-offs definitely. But you know, we've had a lot of issues this year with bonds. Uh, and then I would say, I wouldn't say there's been a lot more regular interest in commodities, but there has been more interest. So I'd be inclined to say half a point is fair. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. I, I definitely agree. And I, I've just bought a load of gold and it's I've done that because the economy is struggling a bit. Gold prices are high at the moment, um, but I really do feel for the long term, it's a good investment. And listening to uh, Rob Moore on his podcast, um, he, he talks a lot about gold and silver and there's people just don't it's not in fashion to buy gold or, or silver. And it there's only a finite amount of gold in the world. And in my opinion, people like shiny things and gold is something that, that people like. So the price has to go up because there's a finite amount. It's it's not like the, the stock market that will go up or down. I think gold in the long term has to has to go up. So I'm I'm thinking from a long term perspective, um buying some. And as as we we spoke about during the year, actually, mm. as the press get more and more into people's lives, the sensationalized stories create more schisms and more fluctuations, and that's going to impact on people's um, confidence. And when there's a low amount of confidence, people look to tangibles, commodities, etc. And gold is something that that I think people will look more to. So I, I like that prediction and I put my money where my mouth is and I followed your 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 theory up. <laughs> no, that, that's good. And I, I, I will I caveat that and, and always say, obviously, I'm not an IFA. You know, whenever we do talk about metals, we're not making a recommendation uh, that you go and do it, but we always will say, do your homework. It's probably prudent to have an allocation somewhere as long as it's physical don't go and buy the etfs uh, so uh, actually have the physical stuff uh, yeah we'll always say at least do your homework and then work you know do a decision that works for you again i think i've got a a, a prediction for next year not for now uh, that we'll go into uh, and again i think that when something like that is so underloved that's the time that's when you need to be contrarian so uh, that's that's great to hear you know mark that makes that makes my year hearing that you know the content we're putting out someone in this case yourself you, you've said okay let's look at that and then you've taken action that do you know what that actually makes me feel great because it's it proves that what we're doing it is is helping because i'm fully convinced 100 percent that that's the way to be that being said uh let's move on to the last one uh so yeah. half a point for that last one uh then people will wake up and realize that nuclear is the way forward but there will still be more green energy um I'll probably be a bit harsh on myself here, but I think half a point's fine because green energy is not going away. So let's let's uh, that says it is. People will wake up and realise that nuclear is the way forward. I think people are starting to very slowly wake up, but there's not this. Oh my god, we need nuclear. Um, that's what I was aiming for. So I, I think half a point sounds fair on that, and this is going to be a trend that's going to go forward for quite a while. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that people will wake up in the future and think that? 
Um, not if mass media have anything to do with it. No, a- absolutely not. Um, I-, I read an article in Money Week uh, a while ago, and they were saying that the damage that nuclear's done politically, it was done by Blair's government in the late 90s by a bunch of nuclear deals that did or didn't happen that should and shouldn't have happened. And now, like most things, we're paying for it now, where we've got the government of I think they've kicked the Chinese out of doing size well over in Suffolk uh, and they're looking at the as they put it in the mirror uh, the Manchester City owners uh, for the UAE uh, looking to help fund that but ultimately you always need base load energy and if we want to try and get not get rid of but if you want to try and replace oil gas coal for whatever reason that they want to come up with, you need a baseload energy. The next cleanest and best baseload energy is nuclear. And then you can have your solar and whatnot sort of work in tandem with that. But you can never have solar and wind as a baseload energy. You need proper baseload energy. Now, yeah, nuclear it, it is the greenest and cleanest. It, when it goes wrong, it goes wrong, yes. But, you know, you're looking at Fukushima uh, from an earthquake and then you're looking at Chernobyl and, you know, I wasn't even born there, but I wouldn't trust anything that came out of the USSR anyway. Um, so, yeah, me for ranting, I would say that maybe people have slowly woken up. People should probably wake up. But again, again I think as you alluded to earlier on, you've got all this political haranguing, mass media and propaganda and all that sort of stuff. I honestly don't know whether people will, but it is the answer if you want to be you know, greener and cleaner. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, definitely half a point for you there. Um, I have another question for you, and yep. you have to answer honestly. Yep. Rewind yourself back to January 23. Yep. Where did you predict your favourite team, Liverpool, to be in December, January 23, 24? And were <laughs> you right? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, do you know what? I, I, I'll be coy. I honestly don't remember uh, what I said. In January about Liverpool. Um, I mean, if I look at if if I look at Liverpool, I at the time we were recording this, if you'd have said to me we would be well and truly up there at Christmas, I probably wouldn't have believed you, to be honest. Um, and at, at the same time, my other team, Reading, I probably wouldn't have said they'd be languishing at the bottom of uh, League One. But that's a different story. Uh, but no, I I, I think Mark that uh, Klopp's done done well and I think the way we've started the season and and whatnot I I appreciate we're almost halfway through but you know to be in and around the top as we as we are um, I would not have said that um how about what are your thoughts on uh, obviously being a Liverpool fan well what about you yeah I'm just trying to think back if you look at the team January 23 it's almost unrecognizable from where it is now it's Mm. it's crazily different and the speed in which it's regenerated has been amazing. It's just how how has that happened? And we we haven't gone out and spent massive amounts of money either. It's been sensible money for relatively young players. A couple of little stop gaps in there, um, but with relatively young players. And I think I think he's 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 done great. And. We're, the thing is, we I think I can't even remember where we were, Jan twenty three. We were probably, you know, top half, middle of the table. We weren't, um, we weren't certainly at the top 
end of the mm. table back in Jan 23, but we were nowhere near winning it and we dropped off slightly, if I remember rightly. Um, but to see where we're at and, and also looking at our bench, our bench looks strong. Every time we we have injuries, there's somebody else to, to come in and mm-hmm. everybody's everybody's done really well. So um, I would have thought we were, would be further behind now. I thought this year would have been would have been more like Manchester United season, um, which is poor, as we know, and we like saying that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I thought we'd be more like them. I thought we'd be there, sort you know, sixth, seventh, sliding down the table, um, which, yeah, is where I thought we'll be. I thought we would have had good sparks with some of the entertaining players, but no, he's done, he's done a cracking job to bring them all together and uh, consolidate into a, a team that's arguably in the, the top three, probably, in the league now. Yeah, I, I think we're, I think we'll probably end, end up there. I'd still argue City, uh, so I know their form has not been great recently, but De Bruyne has got to come back and you know what they're like in the second half of the, of the season. Um what I think, uh, what I think we should do. Let's just recap quickly these predictions. What I would say for next year's predictions is, uh, in a lot of these are macroeconomic property, and of course, you know, there's got to be a property prediction in there or whatever. But what I do think we should do is let's mix up the predictions a little bit next year. So maybe let's actually do one on, for example, football and something like that, and then that way we can have a bit of fun with it, basically at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, just to recap. So we've said um, for, for yourself, Mark, bridging finance to dissipate. Um, half point less bridging companies in existence half point uh, Bank of England rate four to five percent full point because that that got smashed inflation to come back down from ten percent yep one point um, house prices to remain stable pretty much spot on so that's a point so we've got four points in total for you congratulations and then for myself uh, not as good ten uh, percent inflation throughout twenty twenty three zero. Uh, that's not correct. Housing correction, some sort, 10% decreases in prices. No. Bank of England to raise rates to at least 5%. Yes. Stock and bond sell-offs and more regular interest in commodities. Half point. People wake up and realise that nuclear is a way forward, but there will still be more green energy. Half a point. So I can say congratulations, Mark, uh, by a total of a whopping four points to two points. Uh, you are... The first ever Property Nomads annual predictions champion. Um, Excellent. Do you know what? Uh, we should get some more people on doing the predictions. We should have a league table and then reveal it at the end of next year. I, I think we should. I'll get. Uh, I'll get. Um, I'll get Aaron to certainly take part. If you've got anyone uh, that you yeah. know, let's get get a few people. Um, I'll think of setting a. Uh, Maybe just having five or six predictions, and maybe they could be yeah. as generic as. Uh, do you know what? I could I could send send it around uh, some of the lenders and get them to predict. Yeah, that would be absolutely fantastic. I think that's a, that's a great uh, that's a great idea. Let's do that for next year. Um, as I said, what I'll do um, for certainly for your predictions and my predictions, we can make them a little bit. Uh, we could have a little bit of fun with them next year. So let maybe for example, let's do one on sport or who's going to win the chat or who's going to win the Euro or whatever, uh, and then keep keep some of the meat on the bones, so to speak. Um, but no, Mark, thank you very much. Uh, let's say hopefully you had a great Christmas. Uh, happy New Year, uh, slightly early New Year, uh, and and to yourself, listener as well. Hopefully you had a great Christmas and uh, a great New or you will have a great New Year. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with some. 2024 predictions hopefully there'll be some more people involved uh 
as well. Thank you to Mark. Um, but we just want to say, as usual, a couple of things. Uh, please do go check out War Financial. Please do go speak to Mark and the team uh, as well. We've started to do a lot more work with Mark over the last 18 months and hands down, I can say the customer service and the approach is delightful. So please do go and speak to Mark. Also, uh, for listening to the podcast, please tell as many people as you can about Property Nomads. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast as well. Also head over to our YouTube channel. We do a lot of different content over on the YouTube channel uh, as well. And we've seen numbers take off recently. And again, that's all thanks to you from number one, subscribing and number two, telling everyone else about Property Nomads. So on behalf of myself um, and Mark, uh, everyone at Property Nomads, everyone at War Financial, a happy Christmas, happy new year. And we will see you in a couple of weeks.